This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hey, before we get into today's show about the state of comedy, I wanted to remind you that we have a comedy show here called The Boring Podcast, B-O-H-R-I-N-G, with me, John Odermatt, and our lovely legal counsel, slash curmudgeon Rico, where we just shoot the shiz in the good old comedy fashion and have ourselves a hell of a time. Not only that, but also you can listen to Mark Claire and Rimza Martinez on the Second Print Comics podcast, which also has some funny stuff, some jibber, some jabber, and some good times. All right, let's get into the show. It's a mean world out there. And it's a mean rage. Let's change the culture. Let's change the way we think about this world. Let's have a hell of a time doing it. Welcome to Mean Age Daydream, a home for comedy, a home for some politics, and a daydream of a world that doesn't suck. I'm Brian McWilliams. Welcome to this mad world. What's up, Yosefs and Yosefalinas? I am uh, happy to come here with a very special Nittany Lion special show. Of course, Nittany shows are the uh, the tier. If you're a very special person, you can uh, go and join our Patreon at the Nittany level, and you get to produce a show here with Lions of Liberty. And it just so happens today that we're greeted by a friend, a compatriot in arms, and in... Uh, being able to uh, manually ejaculate a horse. That is, of course, one of the only Matt McKinley from Burning Daylight. I am, I'm the rich dick of the Lions of Liberty listeners. Yes, clearly, <laughs> uh, except for the rich part. But you are <laughs> yeah, a except dick. for the rich. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also I, uh... joined by oh, John Oder, Matt. Just, so, just to throw out, Odie's here too. But yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Matt's, Not a dick. Matt, of course. <laughs> um, I did think of something funny just now. So... New name what? of the show, Mean Age Daydream. Everybody loves it. If, for people who don't listen to the Boring Podcast, last night, Brian told a story <laughs> about a Mean Age Gay Dream that he had. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was. It is exceptionally gay and bizarre. Yeah, you, yeah, you definitely want to check out Boring. I mean, that's a good segue since that's our comedy podcast uh, because Matt wanted to come on and you can you can explain it for a little bit more for the uh, the populace out here. But Matt wanted to come on and uh, and produce his show. And the topic you want to talk about is the state of comedy. So tell us a little bit more about where you're coming from and uh, and what you're thinking. Yeah, so I uh, I live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, like you can't see it behind me. I I, I got my my cowboy hat here. Mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> I ride pins for a living. Um, I'm I'm kind of one of the redheaded stepchildren of the the cowboy world, where I work in a feedlot and uh, and not out in in big open spaces. So mm-hmm. we kind of get you know we kind of get we're we're like the the Puerto Ricans of, uh, of the Mexican <laughs> or of the of the cowboy community. Um, but I, uh, one of the things that I I really love, like about libertarians and and like cowboys and, and kind of like your, like your, um, it particularly like your enlisted military type that like have seen some shit. Um, everybody has a, uh, like a really, 
um, I don't know, like a kind of a dark, uh, no holds barred sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think a lot of it has to come, uh, comes from like the, 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 the work that we do is pretty dangerous. Like, uh, I don't, you don't think about it much, um, when you're horseback, but like, you're just aware that like shit could go wrong. And, uh, and, and then you see like you're taking care of cattle. So you see shit die all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, so you, you get, you get a little bit calloused and, and you get a, you get a different sense of humor that only certain people get. But, uh, but it's, it's one of those things where you can take, take a really dark situation. And you can still make it funny. And that's the beauty of, of comedy. And man, comedy has been dismal for like the past five years, probably at least. Um, um, I mean, definitely since Trump. I mean, that was the death yeah. for most of it. Um, but I, I wondered, I wanted to, uh, to, cause I, I think comedy is so, so important. I think, uh, culturally and, and just like mentally, like, uh, like it, it's so good to be able to laugh at shit. And, and particularly when everybody's at each other's throats, um, you know, comedy is the best way to diffuse a situation. I mean, it's also sometimes the best way to kick a situation off, but it, most of the right. time it, it's, it's meant to diffuse it. And, um, and I just kind of wonder because I've I've um I'm I've been very encouraged by the state of comedy here in the last uh, say you know month uh, like six six to six to eight months something like that you know like there's been a big resurgence of uh of like the comedy because we're all kind of you you guys are in like you guys just turned forty about right yeah I'm like forty two Odie's not quite okay. there yet. Yeah, I so I, and I'm I I'll be 37 later this year. So like we all came up on you know like South Park, Family Guy, mm-hmm. um, you know Step Brothers and Tommy Boy, and just like man, we we had it good. Like you know, uh, yeah. and and then like it was like after right around Step Brothers. After that, it just like dropped off a fucking cliff yeah. and and it, it's just been a desert and everybody's had to go to podcasts which podcasts are awesome i love them i do one uh mm-hmm. burning daylight yeah, burning daylight check it out great podcast um, but uh but there's you you need that that hollywood aspect of of the the production like the the writing and all of that to to like create good shit and um I don't know. I, I, I binge watched, uh, the righteous gemstones here recently. Mm-hmm. And that was, I was like, Holy shit. Like people are still swinging for the fence. Like yeah. Danny McBride's still fucking doing it. And, uh, and, and it's on HBO. It's a, it's a big name show and people are talking about it and like, nobody's trying to cancel them. And, and yeah. I was like, I not have not heard a bad thing, and even from the like the Christian right, which is you know kind of where more my uh, my audience more skews, uh, just being you know the type of people that listen to, to cowboy mm-hmm. shit. Um, <laughs> but oh, he froze. Well, that's frozen right he's, now. But I'll go thinking. back. Well, he's, he's yeah. Thinking. Well, while he's frozen as his uh, his cowboy internet uh, reboots. I want to go back a little bit. Oh, there you go. You froze, Matt. But I'll, I'll take that opportunity to go Damn back. Damn you, Elon. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, to hear, you know, key on something you said earlier, which is talking about the gallows humor, right? And, and humor that mm-hmm. comes out of dangerous situations. And like a lot of the humor that I had growing up and, and working was in kitchens because I worked in kitchens for a long time. But it's kind of a similar environment where you're busy. It's stressful. 
people are, you know, you're, you're cut, running around with knives all the time. People are getting burned, hacking their fingers. I went to the emergency room, you know, twice and had mm-hmm. stitches and all that shit. And, but at the same time, it is a no holds barred environment. And I do wonder that as society, as so many people in the workforce have gotten away from actually having to do these, these jobs, which usually, you know, if you're a, a white middle class person, let's, as I may have, my family was like white middle class growing up, you know, I got, went and got a job and this is the job that I got. And now we're transitioning away from, from people having these jobs, except for, I guess, immigrants. And mm-hmm. I wonder if the the invention of this Zoom class has eliminated the danger. It's eliminated people from going through and doing these hard, high stress jobs where you're just you're doing, you know, hard work. You're on your feet. You're sweating. And that's where, you know, you don't give a shit. You just want to have a laugh and a joke and you're not going to worry about who's offended or get offended. But now these fucking keyboard warriors get offended by everything because they haven't dealt with anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right on that. I'll just add to that. I mean, I think on top of that, and I like how you kind of like pointed out like, you know, our childhood and like those iconic movies, that's, that's really lost. I think a lot of that, like in growing up in that culture, like, you know, Tommy Boy and you see, uh, you know, Chris Farley and uh, David Spade going back and forth at each, at each other, ripping each other. I mean, growing up with me and my friends, and I'm sure, you know, Brian was the same way on the East Coast. You would bust each other's balls, and I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. gr- growing up out in you were in what, Colorado, right, Matt? Where you grew yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, southeast Colorado. So like I, I grew up um, like just just about 50 miles north of the geographic center of the Dust Bowl, mm-hmm. and, and so like it's a hard people that live out on the on the high plains because it, it's a it's a very unforgiving part of the world. Nobody, there's nobody out there because nobody wants to fucking live out there. Like they had to, they had to bribe people with free land to get them out there. And then in, in doing so they created the, the conditions for the dust bowl. But that, that's kind of the, I mean, the to pe- tell you how rough it is out there, Matt was considered the prettiest girl in town. Exactly. He was prom you know, queen three years running. <laughs> oh, I was, I was the town, town bicycle. I, I got rode all the time. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, I mean, it's a tough part of the world. And, uh, and some of those old timers, like they didn't have much of a sense of humor, but it was very dry. There's just old farmers and ranchers and they, they could just like cut to the, like it was, you know, like I, I listened in the, to like, you know, professional stand up comedians. I, I've done just a touch of it here and there myself. But um, when, when they talk about economy of words, like those old time mm-hmm. uh, farmers and ranchers, like they know how to cut to the meat of the situation and they can mm-hmm. like, they can make, you know, just one little comment will have everybody laughing except for whoever they were talking shit to. And it's <laughs> right. just like it's like a three word phrase. And it, it like it's like what Trump does. You know, he just like he cuts through all the bullshit and just does something really stupid that sticks, you know? Yeah. And uh, and that so I don't know it like the the comedy that, that we had growing up was is it was always just talking shit. So it was rapid fire. It was kind of like. It was like Letterkenny, but not quite as sophisticated on the on the jokes, you know. Mm-hmm. And well, um, oh, good. I know. I was just saying on on the shit talking aspect. I don't even know. Do do people? Do you think the young even engage in shit talking? Like I have to think that on the. I, I still think on the East Coast, it, nothing's changed. Maybe slightly, but. I mean, I do wonder a little bit if kids are biting their tongues, if you don't have that, you know, 
that type of humor going anymore because people are afraid of what could happen, of, of being ostracized, of people calling them a bigot, of being a racist. And is that going to come down? You know, you talk about like a snowball effect of this shit on culture. Is mm-hmm. that going to change the, the entire way the comedy spectrum and the comedy landscape is going to be for the next generation of people coming up trying to do comedy? Is it going to be this kinder, gentler, gentler comedy? Or on the flip side of that, are we going to see because everything right now is so, you know, woke, scold, bullshit, cancel culture, nonsense. Are they going to go the other way? And we're going to see the next great, great rape joke comedians come up. You know, it's going to be like, yeah. re- like even worse things than have ever been said before. They're just going to be like, fuck the culture. You know, it's time yeah. to go out and make granny rape jokes. Uh, it's uh, it, it makes you wonder. I, I know my kids are going to be savages. Like we, uh, <laughs> like we, we roast each other uh, on a pretty, pretty continual basis uh, in, in my household. And, 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 and like, we're, you know, my, my little boy is, he's the youngest, he's, uh, he's five and, and he gets his feelings hurt pretty, pretty easy, but like, and there's times where I like, I'll have to get onto to his older sister and be like, ah, that, that's, that's a little mean, but also I'm like, Hey, you, you're the man, like, you're going to have to, right, you're gonna have to knock that. Sh- yeah. You're going to have to knock that <laughs> shit off and you're going to have to fire back. You know, you're going to have to say yeah. some shit that's funnier than what uh, was said. So if you can't either that, you're going to have to make fun of yourself. And it's then then it's not as fun for when people are making fun of you. If you can roll with the punches, then eventually it gets passed off onto the next guy. Yep. And uh, and that's how you learn to be funny that way. Like uh, that, that's why that's always why the, the fat guy or the ugly guys are the funniest, because they they know how to make fun of themselves. They've, they've heard it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with this, you know, culture, especially in schools of. You know, everything is bullying. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. If if a kid looks at another kid the wrong way, it's bullying or well, that that comment was was a microaggression. And Stephen interpreted that as being hurtful towards him. It's I mean, none of that was like our childhood. None of that was anywhere close to there. I mean, bullying wasn't even talked about. We we would have like brawls outside in the yard (laughs) or school just just for fun. Like, oh, yeah. I remember coming home from school one time after a fight and I was just dreading it. Like I was going to my, I was going to go after because my mom was like, well, yeah, wait, we'll see what your dad has to say when, when you get home, when he gets home, <sighs> you know, and you're just like, shit, I'm, I'm going to be in so much trouble. And so I was like, yeah, I got in a fight today. So, well, with who? Oh, is this kid? Did you win? Yeah, I won. All right. Let's go eat yeah. supper. And uh, well, yeah. I was like, that was it. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I was, I got all worked up. And it's just like, he's like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah, and it's, it's like boys will be boys type of thing. You know, and it's, and it, I think that's lost too, right? The entire concept of boys will be boys is now, you know, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Right? And I guess that would, and, and, and the quote unquote locker room humor, which locker room humor leads to finer forms of comedy. But like, you know, you guys are talking about, you're, you're basically, sharpening your steel you know and oh. if you can't if you can't sharpen your steel then all you do is is become a sitting duck and you get offended by everything and thus the, and your only recourse because you have not learned to defend yourself verbally or with quips or or at least mm-hmm. build up a skin is to run to an authority figure and tattle and try to risk, you know, try to ruin someone's life or, or become a victim, which is what you see so often online, you know, with the bullying, with victim culture online, with, you know, look at the Taylor Lorenzes of the world. 
you know, this this horrible journalist that goes out, writes slander pieces on people that aren't even mm. based in fact anymore. You know, it's like just making stuff out of whole cloth. And then if somebody dares to give her a little bit of rapier, to give her a little bit of pushback, what does she do? Cries victim and goes on the TV shows and says, oh, I'm being harassed. Oh, well, somebody feel terrible for me, you know? Uh, like, what I don't understand about those people is, like, why, how did they get there in the first place? Like, what, what, what allowed them to get to, to not only be at, she's now at the Washington Post, but she was at yeah. the New York Times. Like, the two most preeminent uh, media outlets in the country for quite some time yeah and and she is just a just stark raving idiot nepotism man nepotism and you know they're talking about like where she yeah where do you go to school these uh this boarding school which apparently there's no real record of but you know she grew up in greenwich connecticut with all these fucking people and then you know got put into the slipstream of getting ported Mm -hmm. to this job but going back to what we were talking about before all these elites that are supposedly defining culture, like the Taylor Lorenzes, they get put in these positions where they're supposed to be governing discourse and truth, especially if you're journalists. Or so often now, I mean, you know, I, in Hollywood, it's still nepotism. It's still, you know, trying to get people. And now there's the basically, you know, this big push for diversity and inclusion, all this other shit for the, the writing staffs. But the problem is most of the people they're pulling from are out of touch with the common person. And yeah. That's why you're seeing such terrible comedy that nobody likes and nobody wants to watch outside of a few notable examples. Yeah. yeah they're, they're out of touch, I think, for a couple of reasons. Probably the biggest reason is, I mean, they think that they are, you know, in touch. They think that they are on the cutting edge because everyone they're surrounded by is telling them, oh, yeah, that's hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. And it's just this gigantic echo chamber, just like CNN or MSNBC and, and these types of, you know, progressive news shows. They don't, I mean, they, they can't believe that people are giving them shit, at, you know, and, and saying that they're fake news. They think they're the freaking real news. I know. They don't think that they're, you know, way out of touch. You know, what was one of the weirdest, um, moments that like really where I realized like the culture has really, like something was broken, broken with the culture was uh, was the grabber by the pussy deal mm-hmm. where I had friends like good friends of mine who I couldn't make the reference to 40 year old virgin and the tits feeling like a bag of sand. Like because <laughs> I, I, I started a whole conspiracy theory off of that that comment that Donald Trump is a virgin because that sounds like something straight (laughs) out of the 40 year old virgin. But I have friends that were so all of a sudden offended and like, just let you, you know, it was like, well, I never, well, (laughs) I never, you know, and I remember I was, uh, what Jake Tapper was like, uh, he was like, I was on the, I was in a locker room. I was at Harvard in the in a <laughs> men's locker room, and I never, never heard such uh, filth get, coming yeah, out of. And get I was like, the fuck out of here! I've heard so like, many worse things than that in my like, life. How many room. hookers did you defile right. in the, in the Harvard r- uh, crew locker room? Fuck right. off, guy! Get yeah, out of exactly. here with your pearl clutching. And and I was, I was like, oh, there's there's something there because. Now you have like the dirtiest comedians, left wingers, 
like coming out just appalled that Trump said grab a grab him by yeah. the pussy. And I was like, and mostly I'm just disappointed. Like, am I the only one here that's seeing the 40 year old virgin reference? Like, <laughs> this is funny. There, there's something really funny here. And everybody's just like, well, I never. It's well, like, that's, well, that's where definitely Trump, he ruined comedy. I was talking to somebody at a comedy show about this that I did uh, recently, but Trump ruined comedy for all these leftists because they all felt that he had to be the butt of every joke because they were so morally outraged by who he was. Yeah. Right? But mm-hmm. Trump, everything he does is a punchline. How can you make fun of a fucking walking punchline? You can't. You it's just already sit there. Back and it's just marvel. redundant. Yeah. You just you just have to sit back and marvel because he's a master at what he does. Like whether you like it or not, he there's no denying he's a master at what he does. And and it's it's fun to just sit back and watch it. But well, <laughs> like yeah, I, I don't know. It, but I, then well, also on the, he's on the, the same fucking note, president of the United States well, and you know, yeah. <laughs> it was the greatest joke ever pl- ever played. I mean, honestly, yeah. it was. But also, you know, Biden might, at the might same be time. Again, just yeah, right. Game. Yeah, he might very might be. But Biden on the same level, right? You look at Biden, and none of these leftist honks will make fun of Joe Biden either. But he also he's so embarrassing. Oh. And so bad at his job that he's almost now a walking punchline. I mean, the fucking guy literally falls off his bike sideways, you know, bicycling around. The guy uh, literally is calling, I you know, that can't no get through a sentence. Times. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. And I mean, yeah. you can't, but they won't make fun of it because, of course, you know, it, it's the moral Rubicon. They won't cross the Rubicon. But the fact that comedy has been so poli- you know, politicized and polarized is sickening because you did have back in the day, you had people that would happily make fun of like SNL. You'd make fun of both sides. You'd have the, the late night shows. You'd mm-hmm. make fun of whoever the president was. It wasn't a political means so much as this is a power means and comedy. Its intent is to tear down the powerful or, you know, make light of a situation that is, that is at its core so unfunny that there's no other way to do it, but to approach it with comedy because otherwise you just live in a world of depression. The fact that these fuckers now have put things in buckets and bins where one thing is okay to joke about because you agree with it and one thing isn't is absolute heresy. And we have to get back to the point where the power and taking down positions of power is what comedy is about. Even if I happen to agree, like let's say Dave Smith runs for president. You better bet your ass if he gets any real power, I will be making fucking fun of Dave Smith. I'll make fun of Dave Smith on the show during his presidential run if he fucks up. I'll have a great time doing it. But that's what you're supposed to do. You make fun of people that are in, that are trying to get power and you have fun with it. And that's the equalizer because you're all equal on the playing field of fucking comedy. No matter how rich that guy is, I can make him look like a dick. What would it be uh, called? So, so for Rand Paul, you had Rand Pauluses and minuses. Yep, and one Dave sentence Smith's. earlier, Rand. That was the that was like the one of the funnier things with the, that little theme song. Rand yeah, Paul, one good. sentence earlier, because he'd have a great rant, and he'd, then he'd follow it up with something really stupid that everybody would latch onto. We we can do a a, a swap podcast uh, if Dave Smith ever gets any real power, and we can call it Driving Miss Davy. And yeah, just, I like it. And we can just immediately <laughs> go to the fact that he does not know how to drive. So yeah, that I mean, is and, weird that he still doesn't. He Ubers I'm into the, the city. Only like, get a person who license. asked him about that. I know, and I appreciate the shit out of you for that, Odie. So weird. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, so it, when you live in a suburb, like, 
the amount of money. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't leave the house that often. I guess he doesn't have to. But once you get back into doing your shows, you're going to have to leave the house. I remember my grandpa making fun of me. My my Dust Bowl grandpa uh, giving me shit when I was 13. Well, he wasn't I, He wasn't talking to me. He was talking to my mom. He's like, that, that kid can't drive at all. <laughs> and like that's when we started driving was like 13 <laughs> like, that, that kid can't drive worth a shit see again and that's like the effectiveness of comedy of bullying quote-unquote bullying in getting people to actually improve their lives can we talk yeah. about that too the impact of comedy on improving people's lives you know what do you guys yeah. think about that aspect oh i think it's uh yeah i i think it's amazing like when when uh when somebody uh Especially like if you like Patrice O'Neill was was like the king of that because he mm-hmm. he would say it in a way that you could not refute the truth, but yet you could still not uh, not laugh at it. You know, you had to yeah. laugh, and you also could not escape the fact that he was a hundred percent right that you were a fat shit or whatever it was. Right. It just, but it's just like that that level of of like comedic brilliance where you can just cut to somebody's core. But not just not make them break down over it too. Like that. Right. That is. They're so helpful. Hey, wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about the sponsor for today's show, which is IP Vanish VPN. IP Vanish, one of the top names in the business of protecting your private data from people that might be following you online. Of course, if you aren't familiar with a VPN, a VPN essentially allows you to, with one click of a button. Protect yourself across your iPad, your phone, your laptop, your Roku to hide your IP address from the spying eyes, from advertising bots following you around, from uh, spam bots, from trackers, all of that stuff, in addition to hiding the location of your physical IP. So all of the benefits that come with that are also included. Now, IP Vanish has thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and... You can get a smashing deal and get 70% off a year subscription. That works out to about $3 a month, by the way, by going to ipvanish.com forward slash lions. Again, ipvanish.com forward slash lions. Get that 70% off by using that lions promo code and secure your safety online with IP Vanish. Yeah, I think I think every group of friends has at least, you know, the one guy or two guys who either, you know, high school friends or college friends, where, you know, they just kind of, it's just the old failure to launch. They just really don't yeah. go out and mm-hmm. get a job, don't, you know, try to, you know, pursue a business or anything. <sighs> like I have one buddy who's ever since he went, he went to college, but ever since he's just worked as a, a golf course starter. And, uh, you know, we always make fun of him, but, you know, I'm a starting starter. to think maybe. What is start? What do starters pull down here? 18K? That's like the retired. That's like the old man retired job on the golf course that they I don't. Think inti- they don't that, that, he has anything. to go do it so he doesn't blow his brains out. The funny from, part from is, I think he's actually going to win out in the long run because he's like moved up a little bit, and if he gets to like the manager position, like he'll retire with like a hundred k pension. Well, um, if he like, gets to the manager like position, but you know, I thought you were going to say he's going to marry the golf course owner's wife or you know, something like that. Like he's he's that's his angle to be he's in gonna, the will. That's the whole. Gonna, that's the whole play. He's gonna uh, land the deal no, for a- uh, for Caddyshack three or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a municipal golf course, so you know you got the the, the politics of that involved. Um, they even have starters at municipal golf course. They let you just go and pay yeah. for it, and then you know you handle it yourself. You walk out there and just do it. Handle the, it yourself. Come on, maybe where home- you grew up, Ryan. Where I grew up, <laughs> you know, we have order. My fancy my, my home golf course back in Kansas, where the last place I lived. 
it was a uh, honor system. It was 20 bucks for, uh, for nine holes. And you uh, put your money in an envelope and stuck it in the slot. And, uh, <laughs> it was, and that, that was it. I, and you know, I, I never, I never, I was, uh, over, you know, I was, that was out of college. So I was, uh, a respectable citizen at that point so i never uh stiffed them on the on the greens fees i just i i i, I had honor but if mm. you would have if i'd have went there about four years before that not a chance i would have paid any money to that <laughs> golf course not a chance <laughs> i wonder if i played this golf course there's one when i was driving out to los angeles we drove through kansas and i swear to god we stopped and played a golf course that was just like some you know some farmers had land and he just made it into a golf course and it was a fucking piece of shit. We called it a cow pasture because it literally was a cow pasture. See, and, there's uh, there's some real shitty golf courses, but uh, also I I uh, we we just did a a live uh, podcast the other day and it was it wasn't a complete failure. Um, sound system was shitty, so like everybody that was directly in front of us couldn't hear a thing we were saying. Uh, was this a but fest or at... Uh... No, it was back in Kansas. Um, oh, okay. We set up at a local brewery, and they had a PA system, but the way it was set up, like, yeah, everybody right in front of us that could... Like, they could almost make out what we were mm. saying, but, like, couldn't really hear us, and then everybody that we couldn't see on the, on the sides were laughing their ass off, so... But, like... It just felt like we were bombing for like an hour and a half. <laughs> just like at, at one point, like I just like, you know, we just like fuck it and just started just started bullshit and like yelling, trying to yell over the top of each other because we couldn't hear either. We didn't have a monitor <laughs> or anything, and it was it was kind of a train wreck. But I there was there was a couple people that uh that came up and they're like, yeah, it was fun. But um, back on my original tangent, uh. One of the the good things about Kansas, and I spent like the first five minutes of that show just shitting on Kansas, just because it's a you know little border state rivalry. But I will say one of the the hidden gems about Kansas is most little little small towns in Kansas, like if they have, I'll say two three thousand people, they will have a really like decent nine hole golf course. Like they mm-hmm. they every little town in Kansas and they're proud of it too. Like they, they take good care of it for the most part. There's, there's some shitty ones, but for the most part, they're like, you can just stop just about in any, you know, decent sized Kansas town. So, you know, say two, two, 3000 people are, are, are bigger and there's a decent golf course there. That's like really, really well manicured, taken care of golf course. Yeah. Well, let's, so getting back to, to comedy here, the state of comedy so what what would you guys say, who do you think are the top three comedians, or let's just say the top couple comedians you think are right now, at least for, for our, our you know your, your perspective, and who are the worst? Because I'm curious to see if we all tend to agree and have the similar views on this, or if we have very disparate views. Are, are we talking stand up? Are we talking? Yeah, stand. Movie? Let's we'll, we'll say we'll say. Well, you know what? Let's say stand up because movies. The thing with movies is that you know we it, then we're just naming actors. We can well you can yeah. name movies that you think are good too, but you know I'm trying well, to think of things that things are going to be recent people that are still active. Yeah, and with well, you know with movies actors they're they're just reading scripts you know unless they actually yeah. had a hand in writing it and they rarely do. Right. Okay. Um, as far as comedians go, I think uh, I, I 
I mean, it's it's real cliche, but you got to hand it to Rogan. And, and Rogan's not even in my top 10 of best comedians of all time, but mm-hmm. he's no doubt the king of all podcasters. Like, like it doesn't matter what, like, what you do like when when you look at your your stats or whatever when you think of podcast you think joe rogan mm-hmm. and and he has started so many good comedians careers like uh he's he's launched a lot of good people um so like he he just like kind of a like we we did a uh a march madness for for best westerns of all time uh western movies of all time and we left we purposely what, what left one? <laughs> um tombstone but we left off lonesome really? dove because it's not a it's not truly a movie and it would have won by like automatically it wouldn't even been a contest so we just left it off and so like i feel like i almost have to leave rogan off but like he's got that honorary like he's he's so important and i like yeah. i know he doesn't want to be but like that thing that he has built is just crazy but um so i'll give it him and then i'd say bill burr and, and I gotta say, Dave Chappelle. Like those, I mean, it's, it's a very cliche yeah. top three, but like, I mean, fight me. <laughs> I guess yeah, no, they're, they're, like, they're, I, no, I agree I, with you. I would definitely agree. Yeah, I mean, Rogan. I, I've seen a. I've, honestly, I haven't seen a lot of Rogan stand up. I've seen some of it. He has some good bits. Uh, but yeah, from, from influence, I mean, and from yeah. how many careers he's launched, I mean, oh, I, I saw him abs- like, absolutely ruin uh, a Kill Tony podcast as well. So like, <laughs> there, there, like there's, Tony there's some, very very funny too. Like he, he really is like he kind of annoys me, um, but he he is funny. Like I, I I can't he doesn't annoy me that bad there that I can't laugh. But he he's good. Um, I'd say like under the radar top three, um, Big J Okerson might yeah, be the that, funniest he's, man he's alive. gonna be mine he's gonna be he's on my list he is so so funny um uh mark normand is really good yep. and um you know i i ron white is is always a classic like I, he's uh coming from rural america like we 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 love us some ron white and he, yeah, he's, he's good man He's yeah. the only bad boy that has made it with the church crowd. Like you, you, yeah. uh, you can get some church grandmas that will still laugh at at some of the nastiest Ron White stuff. Yeah, just he's had like just what, because like five he's from wives small or something like that. I I don't know how many wives he's had, but he's small town Texas. He gets it. Yeah. Uh, he, he gets these. Uh, you're, hold on, you're breaking, breaking up, up on us. There, you went Matt. digital. All right, but well, well, here, wait. Speak, Go ahead, Odie, give yours a, while Matt's uh, internet I'll chime fixes in with itself. one of my un- under-the-radar ones, um, who, I, who I found on Rogan, and uh, I just think it's hilarious, Theo Vaughn. Just yeah, his, Theo Vaughn's his timing. And <laughs> it's funniest joke, I, I love it, where he's talking about, like, oh, I remember when I used to do drugs, my favorite kind of marijuana was cocaine. <laughs> uh, you're still digital digital robo voicing matt um who else Odie? who else um i mean chappelle's chappelle's got to be up there he's, he's a legend the only thing about chappelle is is he seems to get on in his specials now it's almost like he politicizes them for himself to make a point like mm-hmm. the last one was all about you know you know, talking about the trans from his perspective or whatever, and then he got blown up for that. The one before that was, I forget what it was, but it was like the same thing. It had like a theme to it. When he was yeah. just, you know, talking about whatever, just random shit, that's that's when he's the best, just, you know, cutting up. Well, that's like, when, he, when he had Chappelle's show, I mean, that was, that, 
that's the, that show that uh, you know that series what was it, two three seasons uh, that's some of the funniest comedy that i've ever heard for sure yeah no he's it's absolutely genius and uh yeah i think that to agree with uh, matt mckinley oh do you have anybody else you want to add before i go into mine amy schumer she's hilarious no I hate, <laughs> hate amy schumer <laughs> well you know what i was thinking is uh god is somebody uh, it's i forgot who i was gonna say somebody has fallen basically was really good and then just fell to the wayside into into shittiness but well i'll say so yeah chappelle yeah goes without saying but i'd say you know i agree big j okerson is unbelievably funny um i agree with matt he may be one of the funniest people i've ever heard in my entire life just naturally hilarious oh i was gonna say howard stern that's one who he was Howard Stern. I never thought the shit he did with strippers was that interesting, especially if you're just listening to it. I can't see the strippers. Why do I give a crap about this? Yeah, I never, but I never understood that really. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm, I'm talking to a hot porn star here. Okay. This is radio. I don't know what the allure is, but he, he was very funny, just bullshitting. And now of course he is a liberal piece of dog shit, but I will say that Norm Macdonald for me is still mm-hmm. one of the best all time comedians. He's always been, one of my favorite, one of my favorite comedians in the entire universe is Norm Macdonald. And I have not had a chance to watch his special yet. They recorded before he died, mostly because it would, it would, it, from an emotional standpoint, I'm not ready to acknowledge Norm's dead, I guess is why I haven't watched it. But he would tell unbelievably on PC jokes. He would, you know, just go on, like when he's on the view, just talking about the Clintons, you know, he's oh. like, well, Bill Clinton killed a guy. You know, he didn't, <laughs> Norm Macdonald didn't give a fuck about who you were. He was going to do his jokes and oh. he was, I mean, brilliant. Um, that was on the record. <laughs> I mean, he did, I, he did a, a, a pop-up show. I, I used to do a lot called the comedy car hole, which is where I started my comedy career. And Norm headline one night, and this is after, well after you couldn't say retards anymore. And he just made an unbelievably hilarious uh, <laughs> retard joke. Unbelievably hilarious. So he just didn't give a fuck. So Norm McDonald's a legend. Um, oh, yeah. I-, I can't believe I forgot him to, to mention him. Yeah. But yeah. David Tell. David Tell's another one I think is, is yeah. absolutely genius. I agree. Bill Burr is genius. Um, but as far as, I'm trying to think of somebody under the radar that's, I mean, Ari Shafir is very, very funny. Yeah, and, he is. Uh, I, I'm he doesn't, really he doesn't get enough credit. That. I'm really excited for his uh, Jew special. Like, I I think that's going to be really fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, he's, I, uh, he should be pretty good. I had a uh, uh, my dorm roommate was uh, a Jewish guy from uh, North Chicago suburbs, and uh, like, I, I miss just being able to just tell Jew jokes just because. My friend was a Jew, you know, like I, uh, I've, I've, everybody's everybody's a Jew these days. I know, I know, but everybody gets all sensitive and shit. It's like, ah, but I lived with this guy for three years. I actually I like this guy, yeah. uh, but but he's he happens yeah. to be a Jew and that's funny. Yeah, well, the thing is, yeah, when you're hanging out like I grew up in a community that you know, I mean, there, I, I grew up with a lot of Jews and. They would make fun of each other, so they give you permission. Yeah, you can make fun right. of them. They make fun of you. Everybody, everybody cuts up on each other. It's just a right. Just a good well, it's like you know, in Maverick, they ha- you know, Maverick, they, it was unwoke. They have all the all the colors of Bennington in there. You know, the blacks and the whites and the Hispanics. And uh, do they have Asians in there? I don't know if they had any Asians. Did they work? Did they work the Asians? And I can't remember. But point being, they're all making fun of each other, and 
you know, good. That's the way it is. That's the way people bond is by making fun because it breaks down the barriers between everything. If you can call somebody like there was a guy that when I used to cook at Hooters and there were two black dudes I was friends with there. My one buddy, Calvin, uh, who was one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And he would make fun of another dude there who was a darker skinned guy than him. And he would call him black ass. And this guy's nickname at Hooters was then black ass. He was one of the cooks. That's everybody called him. Hey, black ass, come on over here. You got to take these wings out. And it was just accepted. We all hung out all the time. You go to parties all the time. But the point is, it breaks down if you're addressing straight on what could possibly be an uncomfortable point, a.k.a. a racial divide, by making it a butt of a joke in which you're all a part of and you're all just you know laughing at it. You don't really think about it anymore. You've eliminated that problem from your societal group. You're not thinking about it because you put it first and foremost and already fucking made fun of it. I'm sure you probably did the joke with like when someone new starts in the kitchen, like a little scrawny white guy. And you're like, oh, yeah, everyone calls him black ass. Call him black ass. <laughs> yeah. And he calls him black ass. The guy turned, what did you call him? Motherfucker, what, you cracker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but like, you know, Odie, can you think of the last time you saw something like, you know, because they used to have very un-PC humor even in television ads, right? Can you think of the last time there was something on a television ad or on a mainstream TV show that was even mildly risque or even mildly kind of in the the style of humor that we are that we're talking about and in the comedic style that we enjoy? Definitely not on a commercial. Like commercials are horrible now. Yeah, um, just unbelievably unfunny. Like. Uh, you know, we, we stream, we use Fubo to stream so we can mm. get our live sports. And uh, literally during the month of June, every commercial was about Pride Month. Every yep. single one on every channel. It was so maddening. Yep. I, nothing, I mean, nothing against gay people, but I just do not want Pride Month shoved down my throat. I've had enough. Exactly. It's, it's like, you know, it's, it's become an obligation to cover it. It's like eating. It's, it's basically... What culture is trying to do, what leftist culture is trying to do is make us eat our vegetables, right? And, and that's what it that's what it feels like. All right, you can watch your sports, but you got to eat your bisexual broccoli first. <laughs> oh, I got I got a kid in here. Hold on. Here, make a point. I'm going to kiss my child. <laughs> Brian's kissing babies over here. Um so I I guess to come back to like talking about comedians, influential comedians that you know, really, when I think of like my childhood growing up, and like I like think about like someone like Chris Farley or mm. Phil Hartman, you know, guys that died earlier than they should have. Yeah. And, like, imagine the amount of just comedic gold that we missed out on because of that. Like, well, how many I, more it, movies would have Chris Farley made? Like, that, would they have? Well, here's a question: Would Chris Farley have been canceled for you know for being uh, himself? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like, I wonder, would he even have made it to, to this long? You know, would he even have been acting? Or like the guy that directed The Hangover, would he have been like, fuck it, I'm retiring because you can't be funny anymore? I mean, the I culture's know. made Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell's, you know, think what you want about his politics, and they're not great. He was one of the funniest people in films. Will Ferrell was mm-hmm. brilliant. And now he sucks. They've ruined him. They broke Will Ferrell. He's not funny anymore. Adam McKay, not funny anymore. They broke Adam McKay. Because everything now, they, they politicize totally it. Jim Carrey broke Jim Carrey because they politicized it. And now these guys all want to lead with the message. Like, 
Did you see Sherlock Holmes? The the uh, the the comedy one or Sherlock and Watson or whatever there was. One of the biggest pieces of shit ever made. And in that movie, which takes place in the Holmesian, you know, whatever is fifteen hundred era, whatever whenever Sherlock Holmes takes place, I can't remember when it's supposed to take place, but in Victorian England, uh, they're making Donald fucking Trump jokes in the movie, and it doesn't make it any funnier. I can tell you that much right now. It doesn't make it any funnier. But what it does do is take you out of it and make you roll your eyes and you're like, just, can you just be funny for the sake of being funny and not making political all the time? Right. Just, just make people laugh, please. Like that, right. that's all we want. I just want to laugh. Um, yeah. Like they, they've made Jack Black, who might, I was also one of the funniest guys of all time. Yeah. Now he's only funny on TikTok. But I like I, I want to see. Does he make him. movies anymore? Like, is he in movies? I can't remember last time. I haven't I, seen him anything in a while. I, I've seen him on TikTok, and that's it. Mm. And and I like, I, but I want to see another Nacho Libre or, or like. Oh, another... love Nacho Libre! By the way, yeah. that movie is fucking. That's, that's awesome. a good point, man. So, because um, you wanted to talk about, I think part of this, like the future of comedy, and TikTok, Instagram Reels. These like 90 second, 60 second, you know, videos, everyone's attention span is so fucking short. I'm guilty of this too. When you're watching a movie, looking down your phone and then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, the movie. Um, <laughs> we just have no attention span anymore. We're all addicted to our phones. So is, is comedy going to move from instead of having like, you know, stand up shows where you actually, you know, watch a whole show or the best comedians going to be whoever can, you know, capitalize on that 90 seconds and build a following where it's just, you know, 90 second skits. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but like I, I used to think uh, like that the music industry almost fucking died over COVID. I mean, like especially the live music industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the cool things, uh, me, me and my wife went to, uh, to Denver here uh, a couple as last month uh, to Red Rocks. One of our favorite bands uh, was getting back together after a couple of years, Turnpike Troubadours, and they played at Red Rocks. Ah, yeah, Turnpike Troubadours. Yeah, and it fucking rocked, and and it's still like there's nothing. Ba- and I I don't even like big venues. I, like I like I, I love live music, but I love like little dive bars and and just like real intimate shows. And and turn our uh, Red Rocks is like not quite ten thousand people, mm. but. Like it was, it was ten thousand Turnpike fans just like jamming out, and I know it was a little microcosm, but like it felt like the world was headed in the right direction at that at that mm-hmm. point in time. And then I don't know, I, like I see shows popping up. Um, I mentioned earlier, uh, I don't know if you guys are fans of Letterkenny, but mm-hmm. they they were solid all the way through the pandemic because it's one of those shows that. It's like The Office. You could put it on, and even if it's the same episode you've seen a hundred times, you'll still watch it. Yeah. And uh, they just uh, released a uh, a spinoff show, Shorzy, and it's solid. Like it's it's hmm. dumb, dumb comedy, but it's just really quick back and forth banter, and and it's funny. It's like it's solidly funny. So like I don't know. There's there's shit like that, and then. Righteous gemstones. Like I said, those those guys are getting away with murder on that show. Like they <laughs> they they went way out. They, they really well. You know line. why though? I'll tell you why they're getting away with it is because they're making fun of mm. the religious right. That's why right. they're getting away with. It. That's why there's and, and and but at least people on you know again. It used to be that conservatives couldn't take the joke, right? Right. But now. 
conservatives can take the joke. Conservatives are more willing to laugh at themselves and say, conservatives could probably watch you know the righteous gemstones, even if you're religious, and be like, yeah, I know a guy that's exactly like this asshole, and it's pretty funny that they're making fun of it. Whereas the left will say, all these people on the right are like this. They're ignorant fools who don't know how corrupt their institutions are. And you know, right. meanwhile, you know, they don't realize how corrupt the institutions that they support are, but they lost the sense of humor. If, right. If the and, left- if the left or, you know, the, the conservative right, you know, makes a, a good joke about libertarians, I'll laugh about it. I yeah, mean, I, I'll right. recognize that. The thing is, it never happens. <laughs> never no, very, never. very rarely, very rarely. And if they do, it's something that we already made about ourselves because, mm-hmm. like, I don't right. know. Libertarians have, for the most part, have a pretty good sense of humor. Yeah, for the I, most I, part. I, I will say a lot of them do. I mean. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of libertarians I'll say that I met that necessarily can make that that jokes, but they they can laugh at the jokes. You know? Right. Uh, I mean, you, I, one of the most one of the funniest things just in libertarianism is just the dumbest one. No step on snack. You know, yeah. it's like the. It's just I laughed at that when I first saw. It, I laughed at it so hard. Me I was too. like, this is just so perfect. I know, and, <laughs> no and I love the snack. Gadsden flag. Like I, I'm a big fan of the Gadsden flag, but that made me laugh really oh, hard. <laughs> so funny, God, it's so funny. <laughs> um, like yeah, spe- it, yeah. Speaking of libertarians, like we we were at the the Dave Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. or I guess it was part of the problem podcast the one you made it to i we went yep. me and my wife went to the the comedy show and then um there was so much autism in that room oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so much yeah. autism oh man um i i'm really excited that they uh you know they they were able to do what they they needed to do at the lnc but man they got a cool problem <laughs> there was yeah. not much there was not much cool going on there I will say there have been some people like in the California delegation, there's some people that have some that like, I was surprised, like decent senses of humor um, that I was hanging out with, you know, having a good time with, um, you know, Tyler Janke was sitting next to me the whole time. And Shane was yeah. sitting next to me the whole time. Tyler Janke um, is a funny guy, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, these are, you know, these are, and they're, you know, good looking people that are, uh, you know, have a sense of humor. And that's what the Libertarian yeah. Party lacked. And they, you know, a lot of these people are recent, you know, five last five years come aboard but yeah. Mises just attracting, they're attracting so many new signups that just by sheer luck, you're going to get, you know, more people that are good, that are talented. There's definitely, since the Mises caucus took, took power, the amount of women that are at these libertarian conventions yeah. and gatherings has at least doubled, at minimum doubled. So I've, not- I've noticed online, it seems like there's a lot more libertarian women. A lot more. Yeah. yeah. So more. I assumed half of them at least were feds, but you're saying they were actually there in person. They were actually there. Now, I do also agree that half the half of the uh, libertarian hoes over there are definitely yeah. feds. There was one chick well, I, I got in a big fight with because she was an that. idiot who just tweeted out, uh, fuck commies all the time. And I was like, bitch, you're just, like, you're just playing people to try to get followers. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Anyway, did she have an OnlyFans and was it good? No, it's this business before uh, <laughs> before OnlyFans blew up. This is a few years ago now. It's like oh, three okay. years ago. There, I, I, there was some uh, libertarian chick that was kind of big on Twitter uh, here a while back, and then they, she got married. <laughs> like like all of a sudden, followers and, immediately it, dropped to zero. I'm Lost sure OnlyFans. It's like when you're following. It's like when you're following some bikini model on Instagram, and they're like, they're like, I'm pregnant. I'm like. 
boop, unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my time. <laughs> no, I no fuck that. I don't like I don't like pregnant women. They creep me out. I had two no, kids. I, I don't I don't like I don't I don't like pregnant women. Yeah. Gives me the heebie jeebies. Yeah. But I think you're gonna see more comedians that are libertarian. I mean, Ari Shafir is basically libertarian now. He's mm-hmm. he's been converted. And you know, while you know the other guys, Alita says like Big J Oker said he's not political, but I would say he probably is fairly libertarian. So is you know um, the the Puerto Rican rattlesnake. Uh, I'm just oh, blanking yeah, on his yeah. name, right? Louis J Gomez. But I think you're going to see a lot of people as they get sick of just cancel culture. If they're not just so brainwashed, libertarianism is naturally the home for comedy because libertarianism mm-hmm. is about individualism. It's about yeah. you know going out there making the most of yourself based on your personal talent, and comedy is that. It's you on an island. It's sink or and, swim. And, you either suck or you succeed. Yeah, and tolerance is a big thing because like yeah, we don't have to agree with you, but like I said, if it's funny, I'll yeah. tolerate you making mm-hmm. fun of me. If it's yep. funny, well, I told same, same. I told the most racist joke, um, which I won't tell it again on this one, but two, I, I told you, I did this comedy show at the Black Elks Club, and I did, I told them my most racist joke to the guy that runs the club, and he laughed his ass off. How did Because it's get a good joke. to do comedy at the Black Elks Club? It just club. happened to be where Adam's uh, comedy show was. It was yeah. like the venue space he had, which just happened to be like a Black Elks Club. But I told him, you know, nice. my, both my, you know, both my, uh, I only have a couple black jokes. But they laughed at the, uh, you know, the the black astronaut, which is I do an impression. I say, all right, I have an impression for you guys. And I was sitting with like four old black dudes. And I was like, here it is. All right. We didn't land on the moon. The moon landed on us. And I said, that's a black <laughs> astronaut. Odie doesn't get it. Do you get it? <laughs> like landed on Plymouth Rock. <laughs> they got it. They laughed. But again, if it's funny, you laugh. And, you, and then after that, we're just talking. You know, it's just bullshitting. So that's that's the way it should be. Comedy wins because what's funny wins. It spreads the message. And again, comedy is about breaking down the power dynamic. And everybody should be about breaking down the power dynamic between peoples or persons. Which is why, I mean, I hope Dave Smith does run for president um, just because I want to see it. Um, Honestly, though, like I would tell Dave, don't do it because he has two small kids and probably... Yeah, personal oh, advice, I would say don't do yeah, it. Yeah, you don't you don't I, want that shit. But I, I would like to see him do it selfishly, no. um, at For least sure. you know. Um, but but from that perspective, though, I mean, that's why one of the reasons why Dave is so good at communicating is because he can just cut through the bullshit mm-hmm. and uh, and tell a joke and, and take 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 the conversation in the direction he wants to take it. I mean, I'm not delusional. There's no chance if he runs that he'll get on stage with you know, the Democrat and Republican candidate. But if he somehow did, uh, he would be able to hold his own and punch back and totally control well, the what conversation if, what if, regard, regardless of what the network hosts try to do. Right. Well, what if Rogan, you're talking about Rogan, he has the biggest platform yeah. in the world right now. What if Rogan yep. hosts a presidential debate? I mean, oh, think of the optics. If if he says, I'll, I'm going to host a presidential debate, if you can get you know, get Dave in there. But if you could get one of the other two to agree, the other candidate has to agree, or they are going to look like the biggest bitch in the world on the world's biggest platform. And they just, they're getting strong armed into it. I, and I will run a live betting show, uh, concurrently. So like, um, you know, like yeah, it's first two, one, two new shows you've committed to now, right? I know it. Uh, but yeah, first, first one that, that sparks a joint, uh, with Rogan gets my vote. I, that's probably, 
probably probably pretty close to it. <laughs> well, it, um, it definitely it definitely adds a wrinkle, but. I think also having a comedian be the one that's asking the questions of these candidates is going to be a vastly better option. Even if they vet the questions ahead of time, but if they get to, if he gets to create his own questions, if Rogan gets to create the questions, he's going mm-hmm. to cut through the bullshit more accurately because comedians yep. also have an innate, unless they sell their souls as so many of the progressive left have done. They, you have an innate bullshit detector as a comedian because your job is to point out the absurdities in the reality around you. So Rogan should be able to cut through the bullshit and be able to cut through and say, here are the topics. Here's the questions that are going to slice through and expose the cracks in this and expose the absurdities and the realities that these people are pitching us. So he'd be fantastic to present the questions. What they could do if uh, Rogan was down for it and Dave does run is, you know, they exclude third-party candidates from the debate. So Rogan just has a podcast where he brings on Dave Smith. Maybe you bring on whatever, another third-party candidate. You have you know, two or three there. And they just watch the debate, and, uh, you know, they can just cut up, make fun of the other yeah. answers, and then give their answer. Like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Podcast. I would that'd definitely listen awesome. to that. Yeah, yeah maybe that. Dave can come on our show and do it. That'd be even better. Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. we're almost at an hour, so let's let's wrap this up. Uh, Matt, you have final thoughts on this, and also tell people you know we're talking about Bernard Dale, but tell people where they can listen to you and uh, and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm Bernard Daylight Podcast. Uh, you can find me on all the platforms. Burning Daylight. Um, I have a Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash Burning Daylight. Um. Instagram is um, at move your ass. I forget what my Twitter <laughs> is, but just search me up. You can find me. Um, listen I'll say to the, show. the Instagram at move your ass. It's pretty good. Strong follow. I enjoy Highly it. Highly recommend. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. <laughs> there I was something the other day that you posted that cracked me up. I can't remember what the fuck it was off the top of my head. I, uh, I went hard on uh, the Pelosi with uh, Mexican kids. Like, Oh, yeah. you, oh that was guys, so funny, man. We were just so laughing at that the other night. The, the look of utter repulsion on her face when that oh, little yeah. girl bumped into her. She's like, what the fuck is yeah. this? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't we have cages for these kids somewhere? I know I, I helped I, Obama build them. So I made a, a meme. It was the Dwight when uh, Dwight Schrute from the office when Angela comes up behind him. He's like, fuck. Uh, that, that, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi and Mexican kids. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, I, I'm encouraged uh, over the past like six months for the state of comedy. Like I said, um, with uh, Righteous Gemstones is, is one that, that really I like. That that one, they they go hard in the paint, and it's not just on uh, just because it's uh, the Christian right, but they like they, it's um what's uh, Danny McBride that that guy that that guy is a really important figure in like uh, like I, I don't know you know TV comedy or not not mm-hmm. not not so much stand up but like uh, yeah yeah well he's a writer he, I mean, he writes he does a lot of writing for films too yeah so he writes yeah. he writes and acts. Yeah. So, and uh, but I, I think he's he's doing some really good shit. Um, the the Canadians. I mean, honestly, o- over the past like ten years, the Canadians have have done really well in like the the comedy like sitcom market with 
Letter Kenny, Trailer Park Boys, now this Shorzy show. Like they mm-hmm. they're kind of killing it up there, which is surprising because you can't talk about anything up in Canada. No. Listen, if, if you listen to Jordan Peterson, but like Letter Kenny covers a lot of a lot of taboo topics, and they make it funny. So I don't know. I like I don't I don't know what to believe on that part. Yeah, well, it's like in the UK now. I mean, I haven't seen anything really new come out. Oh, you know, one of the one of my shows that I really enjoyed was uh, that Mitchell and Webb look and uh, Peep show. And there was very, very funny comedy, very on PC and like challenging the norms and making very uncomfortable situations. Of course, Monty Python, always genius. But yeah, I don't know now what the laws they have about hate speech and questioning and everything else is just who the fuck knows, man. Um, the kids in the hall, I know they're great. They're, they're out of Canada. They're making good content now again. And Oh, they, uh, oh, oh yeah, we have to give a shout out to the Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, uh, it's yeah. one of the greatest oh, yeah. shows ever made in the history of television, and it's still going strong. And All those right, guys well, so are I'm, as crude as you can same, get. I, it's still going strong. Note, really? It's still, still on. Making new episodes? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, and on that same note, being from Colorado, like I, I think everybody from Colorado has a like a little extra respect for South Park because yeah, there definitely. are so, so many like only Colorado people jokes that <laughs> like, uh, like the, the little league baseball episode. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're playing to lose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every town, when, when you look at the, the, the opposing team, like when they go to Fort Collins and it's just nothing but white kids mm. and then you go to Pueblo and it's nothing but Mexican kids. <laughs> and he, you know, he's like, <laughs> And when he's talking shit in Pueblo, he goes, Pueblo is no bueno. Pueblo is muy mal. Like, it's, it's so spot on. And if you're not from Colorado, you would not understand that. So, But same way, South Park's still putting out bangers every yeah. time. Like, they, they don't miss. Yeah. No, they're still rocking. Odie, final thoughts? Anything to add? I mean, I'll just say this. I, I remember when I was in college – Back in the early days of streaming and uh, downloading episodes of Family Guy on Kazaa or mm-hmm. Morpheus, oh, that, yeah. that was some of the, the funniest times, just sitting in a, in a dorm room or you know, yeah. in a frat house in one of the rooms, just drinking a 40 and uh, just watching Family <laughs> Guy episodes on an old shitty monitor. Um, yep. Great time. You know, Family Guy also, I, I got out of watching it. I got into American Dad. That now has gotten sh- – uh, pretty shitty in the last few seasons but it used to be american dad was also very funny very on pc and family guy recently i started watching a couple episodes and it's actually pretty goddamn funny and they're they're not pc they did this whole thing where they said they're, they're like well we're gonna stop doing gay jokes they had a lot of gay jokes and then they had an episode where they did a gay joke and they and somebody on the show was like i thought you said you were gonna stop doing those and peter was like yeah yeah we're gonna keep doing them and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just, that's funny man I- I like it. I, I even like yeah. the response. Just like, ah, whatever. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do? <laughs> They're yeah. funny. Um, yeah, all right, well, no, yeah. Family Guy was always, always good. So, like, I, I don't know. There, there, there's, there's, there's hope yet. Uh, I think, I think the tide's turning. Um, yep. People get tired of just like not being entertained at, at some point. Like, mm-hmm. we need to get back to football and comedy. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I miss those days when people like argued over football, but nobody argues over football anymore. It's all, it's over, over politics and nobody knows a fucking thing about politics. Yep. And it, it annoys me. 
Amen, man. I agree. And I, I also agree. I, I do think we're going back in the right direction. I think you're going to see a big rebound, a big pendulum swing. Um, and it's going to be for the benefit of all mankind. So gentlemen, thank you for joining this lovely panel. Thank you, Matt, for the support again, guys, listen to burn in daylight. And I will of course put all those links in the show notes. And if you want to get involved, if you want to produce your own show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash lions of Liberty and, uh, get on that nitney level. And we're also on lions of We, um, You'll just have to, if you sign up at 50 bucks, that's the, that's the nitty level. We'll know because we don't have the tiers on locals. It's not set up the same way, but, uh, $50 a month. That's what the producing support is. And we greatly appreciate it. Keeps the lights on here at the Lions of Liberty Network Studios. So thank you, John Odermatt. Thank you, Matt McKinley. And thank me most of all as the funniest person on this podcast. Till next time, gentlemen. Don't move you go in the shower? You might fall down. We're yes, and burning daylight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I had to sneak it in. Thank you, buddy. Oh, God bless, it. man. Of course. All right, here's the <laughs> outro.